Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1342, air date October 23rd, 2023. Email, he's a scientist, inventor, entrepreneur, and a Fulbright scholar who holds four degrees from MIT, including his PhD in biological engineering. Welcome back to The Missing Link, Dr. Shiva Ayaduri. Good, how, you, how are you, Jesse? I'm doing really good. Just had a nice vacation uh, into Mexico, got a little bit of tan, some vitamin C, and uh, just here back at it, um, trying to enlighten anybody that's willing to listen. So thanks for coming back on our show um, to discuss, you know, events that's happening in the world here today. Good. Good to be here. Right on. So uh, we were just chatting a little bit before we started and, you know, we had kind of a list of stuff that we wanted to go through. But, you know, right now, hot on the press or hot what's going on is this, you know, uh, invasion of the Palestinian people. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to know maybe what your thoughts on that were, because it seems like that's really important that people get enlightened to what's happening there. Yeah, it's really interesting because the question of, um, you know, what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on with uh, Israel is really, really important for people to understand the background. You know, I've been watching this since, Jesus, 1981. You know, in 1981, 1982, I was, a, I think, 17, 16, 17 at MIT, and I organized one of the biggest protests against a guy called Mir Kahana. People can look him up. M-E-I-R Kahana, K-A-H-A-N-A. Um, he's a, he, you know, he wanted to butcher all the Palestinian people. This is back, Jesus, 42 years ago. Is that, uh, right? is that right? 42 years ago. Um, so the unfortunate thing is the average American has no idea uh, of what Zionism is and has no idea of what took place to the Palestinian people. Their land was stolen from them. Imagine... You can go to maps all the way to the 1600s, okay? It clearly says Palestine. Um, so imagine you're living in um, Massachusetts or New York, and you have your home, and people come and basically put you into a concentration camp and take your land and continue doing that. That's what literally, it's hard for us to believe how people could do that, but what's, that's what actually took place. So that's like the you know, broad stroke. Um, and anyone who says, oh, well, these people were there 4,000 years ago, you know how ludicrous that sounds, right? So imagine you're in New York and some group of people, let's say, in, um, in Africa say, hey, we were there 4,000 years ago. So New York is our land, okay? Um, that, and then people are actually justifying this. Oh, this was the land of the Israelites. So um, that's like the broad stroke. But the reality is um, Zionism which is the basis of the stealing of the land of the Palestinian people to the Zionists was based on this uh, thesis that was a political ideology, like a cult that was created, manufactured by a guy called Theodore Herzl, H-E-R-Z-L. Okay? And I knew this back in 2019, you know, 20, uh, sorry, 1981. And we used to educate a lot of people. Uh, on this, and it, but the mainstream media would never discuss this, right? These are just apparent facts. So Zionism was a political ideology that was manufactured. It was created. It's the first thing people need to understand by, like, you deciding, um, you know, that there are, um, that aliens, um, um, 
are the species that deserve to control the world or something. You know, you, you make stuff up, okay? Um, and so that was the ideology that was made by this guy called Herzl. And Herzl went around the world in the 1800s and collected money from the most racist people on the planet. In fact, a guy called Theodore, um, in fact, a guy called Cecil Rhodes, C-E-C-I-L, Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. Rhodesia used to be named after him until recently, until the Africans decided they didn't want a racist name on their country, right? And he was the one who was butchering black Africans and stealing all their diamond and gold, right? And Cecil Rhodes is the name of the Rhodes Scholarship, okay? Which is the one that many, many US elites and world elites go to to get that scholarship who end up becoming president like Bill Clinton, okay? Many of world leaders are Rhodes Scholars. So um, a lot of people again, don't know this. So um, with that money, the original goal at the Sixth Zionist Conference of Theodore Herzl was to make Uganda the homeland, okay? In East Africa, Uganda was gonna be the homeland. The British finally agreed in the Balfour Declaration they were gonna give them this land over in Palestine. And you can find this and you can do your research um, the letter to Lord Rothschild. Um, so Rothschild was involved in this, um, in the creation of what we know as quote unquote Israel, right? But it's literally stolen land. The other thing people need to understand is that the Zionists who moved from Europe into Palestine were white Europeans racially, white Europeans. They weren't um, people of that area, okay? Um, in fact, if you trace their genetic history, they, um, and this was done by an Israeli biologist, um, come from Ukraine, who was known as Khazaria, okay, Khazarian Ashkenazi Jews. So there were white people, okay, who move into this area where there's dark people, physically darker people, um, and they basically abuse all these people, abuse them to such an extent there were many Arabs. Palestinian Arabs who were Jews who converted to Islam, converted to Christianity, because they didn't believe, you know, they didn't want to have anything to do with this. So you have a invading group of people who go to an area, digging up a 4,000 year old reference. Again, if you want to think about this, you're living in Manhattan or you're living um, in Philadelphia and people from Africa come there and say, this is our land because we owned it 4,000 years ago, but you haven't seen them for, you know, they, they had, You've never even seen these people, right? And they're backed by the British imperialists with the might of the British colonialist army, and they come in, take your land, and settle it, okay? It's, it was an absolute invasion. So that's just a basic background that no one can disagree with. But no one will cover this because the mainstream media is funded by Zionists. The financial system is funded by Zionists. And the United States government has been hijacked by Zionists. Nearly everyone in Congress, everyone running for president except myself is a Zionist. Booby fucking Kennedy has asked for, you know, the destruction, the butchering of the Palestinian people. Donald Trump wants a butchering of the Palestinian people. Okay, he's absolutely fine with that. DeSantis, all of them, okay? So every American listening to this must recognize the values that were presented, at least as I know in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, would be completely antithetical to Zionism. But we are sending enormous amounts of military aid, aid since 1948 to Zionism, to Zionists, 
to prop up. And what is Zionism? Here's the definition. Zionism is racism. It is also anti-Semitic in the service of imperialism. I will repeat that again. You may want to write this down. Zionism is racism. By the way, Zionists are anti-Semitic. Don't let them say, oh, you're, Dr. Shiva's calling that he's anti-Semitic. No, you're fucking anti-Semitic. You should tell them to shut the fuck up, okay? They're anti-Semitic. Zionism is anti-Semitic. Why? Because it hates the Jews. In fact, Zionists collaborated with the Nazis during World War II to butcher Jews, to disarm Jews who wanted to fight the Nazis. People can just look at what occurred in the Warsaw Ghetto. Jews were fighting the Nazis, and the Zionists collaborated with the Nazis to disarm them. And there's many, many stories of this. I mean, you, you can look at these people, look at how they talk. They sound like Nazis. Look at Netanyahu. I'm sorry, he doesn't look like a Palestinian. He doesn't look like anything like Jesus Christ or the people of that area look like, okay? He's freaking a Euro, white European Nazi Zionist hoodlum. That's what he is. Demon. He's a fucking demon. Now, what's interesting is that um, everything they've done has been planned. Um, Netanyahu and Zionist Israel has funded Hamas. People can go into my Twitter feed and they can see it. They've been funding Hamas since 1980. You know, one of the generals in the Israeli army was the one who used to finance them. As early as 2019, Yossi Cohen, who is the head of Mossad, told Qatar to keep funding Hamas because they needed a radical Muslim wing to make Israel look, quote unquote, reasonable. You say, and the secular Palestinian uh, wings, um, you know, to diminish that. And um, I'll share with you this wonderful picture that shows up in, um, uh, if I can. I yeah. got it. So, yeah, let me scroll down through this and zoom into it. This is from a 2012, the cover illustration of The Economist. It's called The Rough Guide to Hell. Okay. And this is quite fascinating because on this cover, this is on the Economist cover, you will see that right here they have hand gliders, Hamas hand gliders, and Netanyahu flying over, or shooting and dropping bombs. Okay. It was, it was a cover diagram that was done in 2012. Okay. The holiday issue, a rough guide to hell, cover artwork for our 2012. Christmas double issue, Christmas issue. So um, the devils who run the world right now um, always telegraph. Some people have said it's one of the rules. They have to tell us what they're going to do, and then they'll go do, do it. But, I mean, who would have chosen hang gliders? And it clearly says Hamas right here, right? So, and there's many, many other um, so-called coincidences like this. Um but I think the key, thanks, um, Jesse, we can come back to our video. But I think the key thing that I want to educate everyone on is that Zionism has nothing to do with Judaism. Zionism, it's as different as it would be KKism, right? Or, you know, someone coming up with some random uh, political ideology, okay? It's like someone um, believes libertarianism. So someone says, what is a Zionist? A Zionist, uh, Andrea, someone... Um, who believes that you must create a state um, uh, to be the homeland of the people of Israel. And Zionism also believes they're the chosen people. 
and they're superior to you, okay? Superior to everyone else. So um, I would consider that racism. So this is what we're supporting. So if you look to the United States, the United States is clearly about, you know, after the constitution, right? Initially black people were what? Two fifths of a, or three fifths, four fifths of a human being. But after the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment, we now believe all men and women are created equal, right? Well, Zionism doesn't believe that. So if you're an American listening to this, why is our country, I mean, right now I work three days out of five days for the government, the amount of taxes I pay, and most people do, right? My tax dollars go to the, go to the treasury of the United States, and on top of that, they print money, and they've been sending trillions over, you know, I underestimated it in a tweet I did, I thought it was a half a trillion. It turns out it's been probably a hundred times that factor since 1940, the amount of military aid, economic aid, missiles, we've sent it Zionism. And we need to really consider that. If the United States values, I mean, we have the Declaration of Independence, which says the people have the right to abolish their government when it and alter it when it no longer serves them. Um, many, many veterans died in many, many wars fighting for the United States Constitution, which was life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which was things like the 14th Amendment, okay, and so on. Now, how does that uh, resonate with Zionism? It doesn't. So, so you have to ask the question, if you just follow logic, why are we sending military aid to a, you know, an apartheid regime? That's what it is. It's an apartheid. It would be no different than us sending military aid. And we did for many years. We, 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 send a, we put a lot of investment in South Africa. The 0.001% of the people where Elon Musk comes from believe they're better than all the blacks and the brown people. Right? Well, that's what we've been doing since 1948. And then originally the British did it um, to divide and rule. Wherever Britain goes, anytime they drew up random lines and moved people around, it was to divide and rule and they stole resources. Another important fact that the mainstream media will not talk about is that in Gaza and in the Palestinian occupied territories, recent discovery, there is over 200 trillion, trillion cubic feet of natural gas and close to 2 billion barrels of oil. And th this is the wealth of the Palestinian people. This is in there, in, after Israel stole all their land, or the Zionists, in the remaining little plots of land in the occupied territories, they have 200 trillion cubic feet of natural gas and 2 billion barrels of oil, which could make them a very wealthy, even in their occupied areas, but they've been stopped from getting access to those. So think about again, what I'm talking about here. You have incredible amounts of wealth that the Palestinians have not been able to access. On top of that, as we were speaking before we started this conversation, Netanyahu is one of the most hated people within Israel. There was a civil war about to explode in Israel, okay? You can go look at it. For the last year, two years, the Israeli Jews even have hated Netanyahu. There's, you know, the Israeli government is what's called based on a parliamentary system. There's multiple political parties, right? 
And um, there's not only Netanyahu's right wing party, there's many other parties. All those parties hate Netanyahu, run by Israeli Jews. Jews are also anti-Zionist. And they've been exposing the fact that Netanyahu, first of all, he's under multiple indictments for corruption and fraud. He was also indicted before. So you have a criminal who runs a country who's hated by his own people. And um, about six, what, six, seven weeks ago. Um, yeah, by the way, Jimmy Dore is full of shit. Okay, he'll put this up, but he was supporting fucking Kennedy. All right? And I don't give a fuck about Jimmy Dore. Yeah, he may say this stuff. Um, that's all nice. But Jimmy Dore, A, will never put me on a show because he's one of those white liberal Frankly, he's a Zionist himself. He was pushing Robert Kennedy. So people need to know it's people like Jesse who'll put me on. True independent news. Jimmy Dore, by the way, he got the jab multiple times, okay? So anyone who, go look at their history. It doesn't matter what they say. The fact is he was endorsing Kennedy, all right? So people need to understand this. So my run for the presidency, our movement for truth, freedom, health, people like Jesse, or truly independent podcasters of the future. These people do not represent us, so don't give any credence to Jimmy Dore. Yeah, he says some nice stuff, but why isn't he putting me on a show? Because he can't, because I'll, because I'll expose him and who he's really part of, all right? So do not watch people just say stuff. The, so let's talk about action. My action is this, Jesse. If I were president of the United States, I would Im immediately, as commander-in-chief, approve military aid for the Palestinian people. Now, a bunch of morons who are Zionists say, oh, you want to support Hamas? Well, look, Hamas was created by Israel. Hamas is an agent of Israel. There's a wonderful um, boxing cartoon of a guy, and he's got on his shirt, it says Israel, and there's a mirror, and he's boxing against a guy in the mirror, and the guy in the mirror has Hamas on it, okay? So that's what this is. If you are truly a liberating force, of your people, you would arm everyone. So why is this since 1980, and including the PLO? I mean, they were another nonsense organization who just scammed the Palestinian people. If you are truly a military organization who wants to see liberation, you would pop. You would create popular militias. You would have armed every Palestinian, but they haven't done that. They create standing armies. You see, and they, these people have sticks and stones. So as president of the United States, I would. You know, it's interesting to send people, you know, aid. Biden has approved, um, you know, 100 million to Gaza, but 100 billion to Israel. <laughs> it's a factor of 100,000 different, okay? 100 billion to Israel, but 100 million of that will be from aid, humanitarian aid, but that aid has to be approved by Israel. And Israel's going to say, oh, all this hundred million is going to go to the Hamas, right? So there's a no-win situation for the Palestinian people. Um, 5,000, five, over 5,000 have been killed. I think one Israeli and, and CNN and BBC will put will do the story of that person. They won't do the story of the 5,000 people. Hollywood is controlled by Zionists. The financial system is controlled by Zionists. And we have to use the right word, Zionists. Don't use the word Jews because you're going to let them get away with it because they're going to call you anti-Semitic. Use the word Zionist. Zionism is a political ideology that, that believes that they are the chosen people better than you and I. 
okay? And they, that they deserve to rule over us. It's at, at the deep root of Zionism. So we now have a situation that Netanyahu was going to be thrown in jail. There was going to be a civil war in Israel against him by the Israeli Jews. And it was on its way. So it, it worked beautifully for his, this piece of shit, Netanyahu, who's a racist Zionist Nazi, to start a war. He calls up his friends in Hamas. As you can see in that, if you can bring that up again, Jesse, this is 2012, right? Um, they fly hand gliders, right? And this is not from 2023. This is from 2012. Look at that picture. Hamas on hand gliders, him on hand gliders. So voila, you have hand gliders flying over, mysteriously overcoming the Iron Dome, mysteriously overcoming all the surveillance, the screening, the millions of cameras that watch Israel, you know, in microseconds, process it with supercomputers, right? And these guys in hand gliders get over, okay? So thanks, Jesse. So that's what's, that's what's taking place. So I think every American should take a principled stand here. And the principled stand should be we as Americans want military aid going to the Palestinian people. Very, very important what I say, the words that I'm using here, to the Palestinian people. All right? The U.S. military should go and support the Palestinian people. We're on the wrong fucking side. We're on the side of a bunch of satanic individuals. And the way the United States is doing this propaganda is Christian Zionists, quote unquote, Christian Zionists. A lot of Christians, in fact, there's more Christian Zionists than Jewish Zionists. And by the way, you don't have to be Jewish or Christian to be a Zionist. The Christian Zionists in the United States led, yeah, the royals are Zionists, right? Um, in fact, the ZI, some people have talked about, comes from Zionism, okay? In NAZI, all right? Um, yeah, so Andrew says, I'm tired of taking U.S. taking care of other countries. Well, um, here's the reality. We're, we are sending military aid, Andrea, to Israel. Okay. A lot of it. So minimum, we should stop that. But right now there's a butchering of Palestinians taking place. We're supporting genocide and every Americans will have blood on their hands. Every American should realize that. And this has been going on for a long time. It's been going on since 1981. Ariel Sharon drove his tanks, you know, over Gaza, right? And the, right, I mean, this has been going on for a long, long time. Now, the problem is anyone running for president, anyone running for office is a Zionist. If you go to APAC's website, um, the, the PAC that's run by Zionists um, uh, is... Um, you know, owned by Zionism, Zionism, you know, Sheldon Adelson, one of the biggest financiers um, who died recently, his wife now owns his fortune. He, he started all the casinos in Las Vegas. Well, every presidential candidate has to go down and bow to Sheldon Adelson. I have not done that. Tulsi Gabbard has not done that. So-called, you know, against the military industrial comp complex. Booby Kennedy not only has he done that, but he has openly promoted the 1948 concept of Zionism. There are many Jews who are anti-Zionist, but Booby Kennedy is a Zionist par exemplar. So in my view, every American citizen should watch this video and learn what Zionism is. 
Every American citizen should understand Hamas was created by the Zionists, by Israel. Everyone should understand there's trillions of dollars worth of natural resources, oil and gas in the occupied territories with Netanyahu wants to steal. And in fact, people like Alex Jones, in a recent video, he said, we should send, we should evacuate the whole area and then send carpet bombs inch by inch by inch to level all of Gaza. So the issue of Zionism is the ultimate litmus test. Are you with the devil or are you with God in many ways? If you support Zionism, you're clearly with the devil. You can talk about all sorts of other things. Oh, I'm against the vaccine. I'm in this and this and this. But where do you stand on Zionism? And why is Zionism important? Because the Zionists control the financial system. So the financial system is the operating system of the planet, of the swarm, as I've talked about. So whenever they need money, they have a printing press, guys. You don't have a printing press. If you printed money, it would be called counterfeit, right? They have a printing press. And the printing press is a Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve was out authorized by the Treasury, even though they signed the dollar bills, it's done by the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve is a private organization which is controlled by Zionists. So the Zionists print money whenever they want to fuel their other Zionists on Wall Street, to give them money and to fuel the military industrial complex. So Americans need to get wake the fuck up. And Jesse, I'd like to, you know, we uh, we put, you know, on the Shiva for President site, we I put something that's um, pretty bold, but it is the right thing. I mean, um, when you take a systems approach like I do to everything, um, you ultimately come down to the answer. Like when you take an objective position, and you realize, okay, we believe in the Bill of Rights, we believe in the Declaration of Independence. Many Americans. Um, I don't know how many Zionists, in fact, fought in any of our wars. I don't think so. Okay. But any American citizen, by the way, can go fight in the Indian military and uh, sorry, in the Israeli military. And um, the, the, the. Anyone um, can actually get a citizenship in Israel, except for the Palestinian people. They're the only ones. You Anybody can go there at any time, and you could seek refuge there. There's a lot of pedophiles that seek refuge there. There's a lot of really you know, horrific things. But if you're a Palestinian, then you're treated less than, less than a human, less than an animal. And that's what you know, these Zionists think, is that everyone who's not a Zionist is goyim. And is, you know, is, is, you know, like cattle, chattel, cattle fodder, you know, yeah. worse, we're less than a human, less than an animal. So every American must ask, are these American values? And so we have to view Zionism as no different than fighting slavery, no different than fighting the Nazis. And that's why I believe this is the only logical conclusion. We need to demand America send military aid to the Palestinian people. And so I put together this petition and people should go sign it. It says, I, we agree with Dr. Shiva, candidate for U.S. president, that America is on the wrong side of history concerning Israel. The only right thing to do is to send military aid to arm the, arm the Palestinian people. We're not talking about Hamas. Hamas was created by the Zionists to defeat Zionism. I declare my independence from Zionism, which for far too long has been the enemy to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, given the following. Number one, Zionism is not Judaism but a racist, anti-Semitic political 
ideology manufactured in the 19th century to establish a homeland for Zionists. Zionists collaborated with the Nazis to disarm and butcher Jews. The gruesome Israel war, Israeli war against Palestinian and Gaza has been well-planned construct by the racist apartheid Zionist regime. You got to use these words. They're racist, they're apartheid, um, and they're Zionist, and it's a Netanyahu regime. Zionist forces targeted civilians and civilian structures, cutting off their water, food, medical supplies, and fuel for hospital generators, which is not only illegal under international law, but also known as a crime against humanity. As of October 17th, I mean, the numbers have gone up significantly. This is before the bombing of the hospital. Uh, 3,700 Gaza buildings, mostly residential, were destroyed by the IDF. 7,000 other Gaza buildings have been damaged, approximately 2,800 Palestinian civilians. Now that's up to over 5,000. Okay, that's, what is that, six days ago, right? So the numbers are nearly doubled. Um, and these are, by the way, 80% of those are children and women. The IDF soldiers who carried out these bombings are to be individually held responsible for war crimes and crimes against humanity. The Gaza region is one of the most surveilled regions in the world. AI, surveillance, satellite, audio, video, signal, bugging, and spying are integrated every few minutes to monitor, track, and surveil all citizens. Yet Israel would have us believe they did not observe Hamas crossing the border on gliders. It is well documented in fact that Israel and Mossad created and financed Hamas. The rabid Zionist Ben Shapiro. I mean, I really like to get that guy in a boxing rink with me, you know? Twitter post showing burned baby. It's, it's an AI generated image whose sole purpose is to incense the world against all Palestinians. And again, for, again, the last bullet is for economic reasons. The Netanyahu regime is seeking to oust all Palestinians, um, namely the rich, um, namely the rich um, uh, and underdeveloped 120 uh, 2 trillion uh, cubic feet of gas and the 1.7 billion barrels of oil. And it ends by saying, we therefore demand the United States government send military aid. So this is the natural conclusion you got to come to. Not like, oh, send them some food. It's never going to get there. We should, as Americans, we should be arming the Palestinian people so they can defend themselves and defeat Zionism to regain their land, dignity, economic, and civil rights. So there we go. We've had people starting to sign this. Everyone should go there and sign sign up to this. Because this, to me, um, Jesse, this is like shows are you a true human being. You can talk, talk, talk. You can talk, talk, talk. Oh, yeah, we care about. But what what should, if you're an American, what should you do? Given your money is going to Israel. This is like the principled stand. And those 253 people have taken that stand, and everyone should be taking that stand. I can, um, I think... I can put the link here. You can share it with people. Um, let me put the link. I'll, I'll send it in the private chat to you, Jesse. Perfect. Um, so you can share it with people. But everyone listening should go to this link and sign up. And that's what I would do as president. And this is what is going to liberate the United States. Right now, the American working people and the Palestinian people, to a much greater extent, are slaves of Zionism. The American people are slaves of Zionism, and that's been the case since 1948. The Palestinian people are in concentration camps because of Zionism. But it's the hardworking dollars. I mean, it's the, it's the tax dollars of the hardworking people of America that is going to Zionists. I mean, it's, it's so ludicrous. It's, so the obvious thing is, if you're already giving money, demand the U.S. government send military aid to the Palestinian people. 
Is that quite cool? I mean, when you really cool in the sense, like if you just follow the logic, that's the only conclusion. So um, the liberals will be out there saying, oh, no to, you know, no to stop the debt, stop the debt. That's not enough anymore. That's not enough. That's a nice white liberal position. But our movement for truth, freedom, health always leads, Jesse. We have always said the right thing at the right time. You know, right when Netanyahu went in on October 9th is, is the same day I was the first to say Netanyahu is doing this because he's a piece of shit. There's a civil war against him. And everyone said, no, 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 that's not the case. It is. And the reason I can be, I mean, if people want to look at my track record, people should go look at 2020. I was the first one to call out Fauci, ran the fire Fauci campaign, collected over 100,000 signatures and delivered it in 2020. Not like those, these doctors who are now saying they're against the vaccine. Well, you were quiet. You were quiet against Fauci in 2020, okay? What you do at the right time is what's the definition of leadership. It was our movement, Truth, Freedom, and Health, and my work that exposed the election systems in 2020. It was our movement in 2020, which in a historic lawsuit discovered the backdoor portal into Twitter, okay? Fucker Carlson, all of these people did nothing in 2020. So I'm telling you right now that... And October 9th, I put it out there, we must support the Palestinian people. The Palestinian people and the American people have more in common than the Zionists and the American people do. And by the way, let me tell you a very important, it's not an anecdote, but a true story. One of our truth, freedom, and health a warrior scholars, she's Palestinian, but an American citizen. Several months ago, when she was visiting Palestine, you know, you get off at the airport and you have to go there, right? And she, clearly she has a U.S. passport. But the they force her, um, uh, they force her, um, what is this woman saying? He should talk to Robert F. Kennedy, who is running. If he isn't running, sorry, I didn't catch if he's running. I'm not sure what she's saying. Jesse, this woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think she's saying you should talk to her, Robert Kennedy, but he's no, Robert just one of them. Carol, he's Robert one of them. A, he's one of them. Yeah, for sure. Especially okay. after, like, he, he plays like, you know, he's on the side of the people when it comes to this medical tyranny, but when it comes to who's talking about But he's not even on the Zionism. side of people. He's not even the side of the people of America, the medical tyranny. He wants, quote, unquote, safe vaccines, um, and you can't make safe vaccines. He knows this. He, him and his family have been big farmer proponents forever. He wants to create more bigger government so all these corrupt organizations can now adjudicate safe vaccines. He's full of shit, okay? So again, bottom line, our movement for truth, freedom, health is the only force that can end this because our approach is based on scientific principles which understand how the world operates. Number two, we have been mobilizing people on the ground, right? We were the ones who in 2020 organized massive protests against the lockdowns when Robert F. Kennedy, booby fucking Kennedy, that's his official name, was promoting lockdowns. So that's what people need to understand. There is a way out of this. And the only way out of this is for individuals to recognize that there's the obvious establishment, like the Bidens, the Clintons and the Bushes, but the not so obvious establishment of the booby fucking Kennedys, of the Donald Trumps, uh, of all the characters that you see who mouth the words you want to hear, but look at their track record. They've been against the American people. 
they're the ones that are used to enslave people. And once pe and the only way to understand is you have to understand political dynamics. And that is why we've created the movement for truth, freedom, health. And that movement gives you the educational knowledge so you don't follow one wing or the other wing or even, quote, unquote, bullshit independence like Booby fucking Kennedy, who's a Bernie Sanders of, you know, trying to mislead people back to him. And he basically, you know, he is a swarm. He is, he is the devil himself. Sounds like the devil when he talks. Can you talk about this controlled opposition, how they give people kind of what they want and fight against what they're, you know, what people will actively are, you know, wanting to be against, but they control the narrative. So even though it looks like some people are against what, you know, the, the people should be against, but they're actually in control of that person. So they're not really on your side. And once they get elected, they're no different than anybody else. It doesn't matter which side, if they control each one of the political, you know, components on the right and the left. Yeah, the most, the biggest, um, I would say the biggest uh, litmus test of your own political consciousness the biggest litmus test of your own political consciousness, right? The litmus test of where you are at in understanding. Do you really understand what's going on or are you, are you being a victim? Is understanding the concept of the NSOE, the not so obvious establishment, okay? And the reason the world continues to suffer is because the broad mass of people in a recurrent process of human history are manipulated by the not so obvious establishment. Let me explain this. You can go look at there in the modern history in the 1900s, there were massive bottoms up movements. People were rising up all over the world, building political movements, bottoms up in the United States. It was a, um, uh, women led many of these movements in the late 1800s, women workers, like in the factories of Lowell, Massachusetts, right? Um, and these women's movements bottoms up were quite extraordinary. And obviously they merged with men. Um, so the workers movement of the 1900s scared the hell out of the elites all over the world, including the United States. That's how you got the eight hour workday. That's how we eliminated child labor. That's how we got infrastructure. And after people saw these millions of people's on the street marching, um, the, the elite said, shit, we can't have this anymore. And starting in the 1940s and the 50s, they branded all these bottoms-up movements, Jesse, as communists, as Marxists. That's what the right wing did, the McCarthy era. And then the, quote-unquote, the left wing um, was allowed to take leadership, okay, over many of the trade unions, which were bottoms-up trade unions. That's what happened. So by 1970 the elites had created what I call the not so obvious establishment or the controlled opposition. I'd like to use a not so obvious establishment, okay? And what they did was they created and they pushed leaders on the American public, for that matter, the world public, that these guys would say all the right things, write beautiful speeches, you know? You know, be very emotional. But ultimately these people were part, they were created by the establishment like Hamas, okay? Booby fucking Kennedy, Donald Trump, Tulsi Gabbard, Bernie Sanders, AOC. 
So to the left and the right are Rand Paul. All of these people were created, supported, funded by the establishment. But the average person, because they don't understand this dynamics of 100 years, they haven't studied politics. They say, oh, my God, Booby, you know, he speaks with that grovelly voice. You know, poor guy, he's coming from the Kennedys. You know, he's fighting for me. No, he isn't. You have to go look at the history of the Kennedys. John F. Kennedy in 1962 created the Vaccination Act. Ted Kennedy's brother created the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Program, which protected all of the big pharma companies. And Booby fucking Kennedy now wants to create safe vaccines, which continue, which will continue to protect all the big pharma companies, okay? By manipulating people. He supported lockdowns. Tulsi Gabbard and all these people um, are actually pro-war. But when you look at it, how, so, you know, we have a huge opportunity now, Jesse, because if you use the question of Zionism, it is one of the litmus tests. It's like putting on the secret goggles, the glasses, and you can see the devil. Seriously, it's like you have this special glasses that you can put on and you can see who's the devil and who is not the devil. And that secret glass, that secret technology is ask them, do you support Zionism? And every single one of these people support the butchering of the Palestinian people, the stealing of their land, the printing of money to support the Israel Zionism. And that is the litmus test. Because if you don't bow down to Zionism, you don't get to be president of the United States. If you don't bow down to Zionism, you don't get a seat in Congress or the Senate. Why do you think so many of them, you know, have dual citizenship? Isn't like like a record amount of people that are oh, in yeah. Congress that are actual citizens of Israel and yeah, so, United so, States at, at the same time? And how can they be loyal to the USA if they actually have citizenships in Israel? Yeah, so think about this. Even the president of the United States can have... So Anthony Blinken, which is who is a secretary of state, the secretary of state of the United States. In fact, the, the first gentleman, which is like Kamala Harris's husband, okay, is also an Israeli citizen. Anthony Blinken is also an Israeli citizen. The secretary of state of the United States is also an Israeli citizen. Okay, the head of the Homeland Security in the United States is an Israeli citizen. Now, which other presidential candidate except me, Jesse, is anti-Zionist and is calling this out? I don't think any presidential candidate in the recent past has run. So, you know, I'm the only one who's doing this. And our movement for truth, freedom, health is the only movement that gives people the tools, the infrastructure, so they can get their head out of their ass. Because you see, in October, historically, a stock market crash takes place right now. And a stock market crash should be occurring right now. But you know what? Imagine if you had a war suddenly start, okay? You could justify printing of money and the money will go fuel the stock market. So whenever the economy of the elites is built on fumes, the Zionists and the, don't do any work, frankly. They just print money all day and they, and, they, and they butcher Palestinians. That's what they do. Working people, you know, are the ones who actually work for a living. We produce things. We make stuff through our labor. The Zionists don't produce anything. They move and they print and they create capital. They make money. 
They run a fake economy. The world's 8 billion people have been made slaves of Zionism as of now. And the only way out of it is to recognize that those Palestinian people are being butchered right now. Don't just deserve some food and water. They deserve military aid. And all these people, fine, you claim that you're against Zionism. But the ultimate test is a call should be, you know, arm the Palestinian people. That, that should really be the slogan of truly the anti-Zionist movement. Arm the Palestinian people. That is a logical conclusion. Simply, you know, saying, oh, poor people, they're being butchered. That's all good. I mean, it's sort of, sort of the bleeding heart liberal approach, right? They did that during the Vietnam War. But when the, so if you look at the history of the Vietnam War, when it started in the United States, you had all these hippies who didn't want to go fight the Vietnam War, calling out the Republicans, Barry Goldwater, this is in 19, early 1960s, who clearly wanted to bomb the hell out of Vietnam. And they thought the Democrats were better. The Democrats uh, would speak some slogans of peace. But in 1968, during the Democratic National Convention, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson sent out his police force in Chicago to beat the hell out of the anti-war protesters. And that is when the people on the street realized the concept of the not-so-obvious establishment, that the Democrats and Republicans were both working together to bomb Vietnam. And when people break with the not-so-obvious establishment, that's when history changes very rapidly. The, when pe we break with the scumbags like Kennedy, Trump, right? And this season, because of our movement, Jesse, they put so many not-so-obvious establishment people out there. Because our movement has been calling out Vivek the Snake, has been calling out Trump. I've had to do the dirty work of calling out these people. And that is the order of the day. If you are truly a human being, was any sense that you don't like Satan and the devil, you have to take a very clear position. It's like black and white on this issue. You have to say, I want to defeat Zionism. You have to say, we have to arm the Palestinian people. They're on the front lines of fighting Zionism right now. So that's what we should be doing. And, and as the president, I would, I would send a ton of weapons, a ton of military aid to the Palestinian people. Yeah, in the Bible, it even says the synagogue of Satan. And that's kind of where this, you know, the, the lines have been drawn because, you know, that's what they're supporting is these terrorizing. They've been terrorizing the Middle East. They've been terrorizing the Palestinian people. And when this first all went down and I heard, you know, even uh, Robert F. Kennedy and all them, you know, all the big famous people are saying, oh, we need to pray for Israel. So I went out and made a point. I said, what about praying for the innocent Palestinian people that are going to suffer because the terrorists on both sides of the fence? And I copied that and I pasted that everywhere because I think it's really important that people know that the Palestinian people are innocent in all of this and they've been terrorized now for what, 50, 60, 70 years by the illegal occupation into their land. Yeah. So... And any, anyway, there are apologists for Zionism. Someone will say, I'm a Zionist, but I want to help Palestine. Look, um, the bottom line is um, that's like mixing oil with water. Um, Zionism is racism, the service of imperialism. And uh, some guy just wrote on my feed, you're badly informed. 
to take a quick position. No, you're fucking badly informed. You need to go study your own history. You don't understand what you're talking about. So, um, and uh, Zionism is racism in the service of imperialism, you know? Um, so uh, the bottom line is that we as the United States, the United States, the American people, should very clearly take the position that we should send military, if we're going to send military aid, send it to the right, right people. You know, that's what we should be doing. So if you're for military aid and already, I don't know how many trillions have been sent to Israel. Well, why don't we at least make this a level playing ground? So it's, it's a logical position. Um, Jesse, what we have um, done is, I, I don't know if we have a couple of minutes, uh, I don't know what your schedule is, but um, I want to play people our Truth, Freedom, and Health video, right? We have as long that. as, yeah, we have as long as, you know, yeah, you're, so you're you here to, to talk, if so there's, there's no... To, um, if you can go to truthfreedomhealth.com. So I want to talk a little bit about the solution. So the position I've given you, the educational that we've given you on Zionism, is part of our my larger mission, Jesse, to educate people, but more importantly, for people to educate themselves. And there is a way that you see people are no longer taught. They're taught what to think, but not how to think. Um, there is a field of science called systems thinking that you start seeing things as a system. Your body is a system. The world is a system. And there are about nine principles of systems thinking. They're very deeply related to engineering physics. And my life journey was about uncovering these systems principles, Jesse. And so if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, um, we've created, um, you may want to zoom out a little, zoom out a little bit. Um, so you can see, yeah, there you go. And if you scroll down, um, you'll see that go down a little bit right there, that video right there on the right side, Jesse, you know, when you share a screen, you want to make sure the audio is on right in the tab. You did that. I assume, yeah. Right. So let's share the, the left video on there is about the swarm. It's a very wonderful engineering video. It's got, I think it's got four million views that really describes who the swarm is the video on the right describes to you the solution the movement for truth freedom and health how each one of you should get educated on learning how to think the elites by the way learn system science so why don't we play that play that video jesse that, le on the that right. left yeah that left video is one of the best videos that i've seen tying all things together you did a brilliant job and if anybody hasn't seen that video yet it's really important to watch that video and share it with everyone that you know especially on the fence especially that's program especially still brainwashed share that video and it might open up some lights you know in in their mind or in their head to what's going on but great job with that video dr shiva yeah, you may want to make that screen a little bit bigger. They need training because education. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. 
there's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems, and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, get celebrities you've got to learn politics and there is a science to it they lock us down we should be ready to shut them down and the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment so when you look at a system there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal well the biggest disturbance is the not so obvious establishment which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right the al sharptons who tell black people i'm for you the tucker carlson's do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote-unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhealth.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in. They can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. 
but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhelp.com. The uh, you're muted, Jesse. That's very powerful. Yeah, so everyone should go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Um, come to our open house. Um, John may put up every Thursdays uh, at 11 a.m. and at uh, 12, uh, sorry, 8 p.m. EST. You can go to vashiva.com slash orientation. Um, I'll send you that link, Jesse, you can share with people. vashiva.com slash orientation, right? Um, people can go there and they can sign up and get an RSVP to come to our open house. Um, and then they can also go to truthfreedomhealth.com. I'll put that up for you too, those two links. Um, but it's very, very important that we raise political consciousness at a very high level. And one person who really understands these concepts can really do more than just expose stuff, but they can mobilize people on the ground, Jesse. There's a science to mobilizing people. And that's what we need to teach people because we live in this very, very critical time where the, those in power have become very uh, sophisticated in how they manipulate people, right? So exposing stuff, any idiot can expose stuff, right? You have all these podcasters exposing stuff, exposing stuff. But what are you going to do about it? And when did they expose stuff? And what is their purpose in exposing stuff? Is your purpose in exposing stuff to get views or is it to mobilize someone to actually cause change? Right. So that's a very different position. Our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health, and the many, many, uh, you know, about a half a billion people know about this movement. Half a million people have started to um, go through the training to understand this. Right. Um, it is the only way out of this, because otherwise you're going to become desperate and complacent. You'll choose the left or the right or Booby Kennedy one day or Tulsi Gabbard or Trump. You're just going to be jumping bed to bed, sort of being a prostitute, political prostitute, you know. And so we have a solution. The solutions we need to, and you can look at the results of that solution. It was our movement that exposed Fauci. We educated people. It was our movement that taught people how to build the immune system. You know, we probably saved hundreds of millions of people's lives, literally. So when you do the right thing at the right time, you save lives. You lessen human suffering. That's a practical outcome. So right now, if we want to save billions of people's lives, we have to understand we have a, it, it may seem unfortunate, but we have a huge opportunity with Zionism. Educate people on what Zionism is. And you can draw a very, very clear line. Jordan fucking Peterson, a moron, total Zionist. Ben Shapiro, Zionist. Booby Kennedy, Zionist. Tulsi Gabbard, Zionist. And now it's easy. You have, you have like the secret goggles. You have Batman secret goggles, you know, or the x-ray vision now. You can see through people. Where do you stand on Zionism? It's a litmus test. It's very I simple like, now. I like that. Uh, Zanita was asking when you were saying arm the Palestinian people, she said, really, what about protecting them while a peace treaty is resolved? And like part of this whole thing is that, you know, we don't want to become them to replace them. And I like 
how all of your, you know, things are about empowering the people, you know, getting people the knowledge of what's going on, opposed to, you know, there's people out there that, yeah, we just need to go kill them all. And, you know, and then that's just kind of becoming them to replace them. And then that cycle will just continue on. Yeah, look, the, you know, uh, if you're an American, there's something called the Second Amendment. I believe it's, it should be Second Amendment for all people. Because the founders of the United States were very enlightened politically. They recognized that anytime you have a standing military force, Jesse, standing police force, that that is the end of democracy, real democracy. So they were the opinion you arm all the citizens. You keep everyone in check. And it's a, it's a very central and defining principle of, of humanity in many ways. So, you know, let's apply that principle to the Palestinian people. They should be armed too. We, the central principle people need to understand is the American working people, okay? There's not the United States and Israel, right? It is the us versus them is the working people of the world versus the 0.001% of the swarm. This is what we need to get clear. In the United States, we have the American working people, okay? Um, and the working people of the United States get up every day. They have to go to work. They have to put food on the table. They actually have to make stuff. They have to create. They have to innovate, et cetera. The non-working people move around money all day. They have capital, and they just move around capital all day. See, see what I'm saying? Um, that's not work. So this is one of the fundamental principles. The non-working people right now, the Zionists, are controlling the world. And so we have to get back to first principles. The, the fundamental principle is that working people in America, working people in India, the Palestinian people, in fact, the Jewish Israeli working people in Israel who actually hate Zionism, who don't like Netanyahu, this is where the unity really needs to take place. Us versus them is not the United States government uniting with the Israeli government. That's what they bamboozled us to think. It is, uh, there is an us versus them, which is the working people of the world against the satanic forces. That's, that's what needs to be united. I think someone had a question, Jesse, that you put up there. So by the way, calling for quote unquote peace when someone's coming down to butcher you, right? And they have, I mean, think about it. We have three, three now two U.S. aircraft carriers which have moved into the Middle East, right? Two. Can someone show me how many aircraft carriers the Palestinians have? I don't, can someone show me what they have? They have no ability to defend themselves in any way at all. There's no yeah, so way let's to bring up that arm the Palestinian people. Yeah, so a liberal white person can understand, oh, yeah, we want peace. Yes, we want people not to die. Yeah, that's a very nice lily white liberal position. Okay? Great. A lot of people always take those positions. Whenever you see deep suffering take place over here, right? You say, oh yeah, we want peace for those people. Well, those are just beautiful words. How do you achieve peace when you're being butchered every day? Let's be very practical here. Someone's coming into your home right now to Zenida. Yeah, right. So I assume with Meta and your thing, you're maybe of peace into Buddhism or something like that, okay? But here's the bottom line, that there, 
it is very important to understand that good doesn't overcome evil, Zenida. It just doesn't happen. In fact, the history of the world says evil consistently overcomes good. The only way good overcomes evil is we have to fight evil. You have to fight evil. And that is a mission of life. And to think that we're just going to sit here and ask for peace and it's going to happen. Sorry, it's not going to happen that way. You have to fight evil. All right. So that's the bottom line. And there have been, you know, the United, you know, do you think the, uh, the British in the United States would have simply allowed just declaring peace uh, in, the, in the revolution of 1776 to say, oh, okay, great, we want peace. No, they wanted to subjugate you. You actually had to take out weapons and you had to fight them. And, and um, you know, if you are a Hindu, for, for example, the entire Hindu text is filled with the fight of Rama, fighting good versus evil. Even Christ, Christ wasn't, when he went into the uh, church of, you know, in, in Jerusalem and, um, and he overturned those tables, he had a cat of nine tails in his hand and he was whipping people, the bankers, out of the temples. It was violent, okay? So people have been bamboozled to think, don't use, don't curse at these people, you know, be for quote unquote nonviolence and peace. That's all just la-di-da-di-da nonsense. You know, while they're butchering, butchering you, while they're completely exploiting you, you're talking about nonviolence and peace. Are you fucking crazy? I mean, this is what Gandhi did to a whole generation of people, three generations of people. The British were butchering the Indian people. Gandhi was parachuted in by the British, controlled opposition, not so obvious establishment, to manipulate the Indian masses not to have a good militant revolution and kick out their oppressors. Right? So he was, he talked all this nonviolent nonsense, total bullshit, but he was absolutely fine with the British butchering the Indians. Right? So you have to be very, it's very easy to sit in some beautiful place and talk about peace. Oh, yeah, we want peace. We want peace. They don't want peace. They want to butcher you and they want to kill you. Okay? They don't want peace. Netanyahu doesn't want peace. It's so, genocide. Okay. It's genocide that is happening. It's genocide on a mass scale. You know, the Native American Indians got genocided here. There was over 100 million Native Americans before the colonizers came. There's less than 10 million now. Nobody speaks about them. There's no apparitions really for them. They're put on reserves and they were really, you know, they're beaten down. And 90% of their entire population was genocided. And now, what they're talking about is these 15-minute cities would be modern-day reservations for everyone else. And if you didn't go along with their medical tyranny, their, you know, anything else with their Zionism, then you will probably be genocided too. So what do we do? Where do we, where do we make a stand if we don't want to become them to stop them? Yeah, pa look, Palestine is a precursor to what's going to happen in every part of the world. And that's what people need to understand. Um, and again, just like in 2020, people should go watch my videos. I was, I always called out the stuff at the right time, not when it was opportunist or popular. What is occurring in Palestine is, look, the reason they're showing this on TV so much the reason they're showing all the bombings, the reason they're showing the murdering, the butchering of the Palestinian people, you know why? There's a reason. The reason is your frontal lobe of your brain 
can be tuned for what's called learned helplessness. So the more you see this, the more you get used to it and you say, well, I guess that's the way the world is. And like a lot of Indians do, when with all the corruption in India, they say, what to do, what to do, <laughs> right? What to do, like you should just accept this shit, okay? So it is up to the American people, the American working class to rise up and support the Palestinian people. And anytime they say, oh, that's Hamas, you have to beat the shit out of that idiot verbally and say, what are you talking about? Hamas was created by Israel. Here are the facts. So it's a very clever way that they've done this. They try to checkmate you by saying, oh, you want to support Hamas. No, Hamas was created by the, Isra by the Israeli Defense Force, by Mossad, and that's what was done. So it's very important for people to get educated. Get educated or be enslaved. What is going on in Palestine is a mental, physical training precursor to what's going, going to go on in every U.S. city or every city in the, on the planet. And it's a, it's, it's a slavery that's going to take place because you're going to accept all this nonsense. So that's why, in some ways, you could argue what we're seeing in Palestine, Jesse, is the last stand, uh, what position you take. So again, I repeat, if you want the secret goggles, you know, to see who they are, put those goggles on and ask the person, are you a Zionist? And every presidential candidate is a rabid Zionist because they have to bow down to Zionism to become president, except me. I'm the only one who's anti-Zionist. So someone was asking earlier and they're like, you know, they're going to, well, one person said, I'm going to vote for you, even if I have to write your name in. Someone said, I don't see your name, you know, on the, you know, presidential candidacy right now. So um, what can you tell the people that are watching? No, we have lots of Americans. So we're running this an independent. Um, by the way, uh, people are a little bit confused. Um, every candidate has to get on the ballot. No one's on the ballot right now. In order to get on the ballot, you have to collect signatures in each state. Okay? Every candidate's got to do that. If you go to Ballotopedia, we are running as an independent. And out there, the difference is, Jesse, they are so afraid of me. You know, here I have all these degrees from MIT. I've won all these awards. I created email. I've contributed to the world. And come on, how come I'm not on every mainstream media? Because they're so fearful of me. Because if I get on any of the mainstream media, people say, holy shit, this guy's one of us. He's a real deal. So, and this has been sort of the journey of my whole life because I've always had to struggle and fight these forces of Zionism. You know, I was the best student in an all Zionist school when I was going in uh, my last three years of high school. I was that my sister and I were the two dark-skinned Indian kids with, you know, 4,000 other white Zionist kids. And I would win all the sports awards. I would win all the achievements. And, you know, no one even told me about MIT because they didn't want me to go to a good school. They said, oh, why don't you go to this local state school? And it was some random guy who was the friend of a homeless person who my mother had helped. who was some crazy guy who told me about MIT. That's why I went to MIT. My high school didn't put me there. And throughout my entire life, I've had to struggle. It's, this is a very personal thing, fighting against these guys. You know, the forces of Brahminism, which is like equivalent to Zionism. Brahmins think they're better than everyone else. So this is very personal for me. And I represent all the other working people of the world who've had to struggle against these people. So this is very personal. It's not theoretical. 
And the bottom line is that there are a finite set of people who think they're better than you. Zionist, Brahminism, it's called a caste system. And you don't mean shit to them. And you have to get that clear in your, in your booby fucking Kennedy flies his stupid falcons, okay? He's never worked a day in his fucking life. Donald Trump has never worked a day in his life except with a phone to his ear, acting like he's a businessman. He's an actor. Look at his balance sheet. $1 billion in you know assets, $2 billion in liabilities. He's not. He's a negative billionaire, all right? Why does he get TV play? Why does Robert Kennedy? And But in 2020, about a half a billion people heard about us. And that's what they're so afraid of, Jesse. They're afraid of one of us actually leading us, okay? So, you know, my life at MIT, the first day I came, I created a newspaper against MIT. You know, I had enough credits to leave MIT in two years. It's a four-year school, right? So I was one of those guys who actually worked bottoms up and was a threat to the establishment because I'm supposed to have become one of them. I won every award at MIT. I, I was on the front page for inventing everything, but I always also exposed MIT and fought against them. I organized the food service workers at MIT to get a fair wage. So they don't really know what to do with me, Jesse, because I'm pretty reasonably hardworking and smart that I can compete, but they always think they're going to sucker me to their side, but I, I, I won't, so I'm a thorn in their side. So, but everyone listening to understand is this. Yes, I'm running for president, and my run for president in many ways you know, with all humility is really the future of the world. When was the last time we had one of us, you know, actually lead us? And they don't want that. They want us bowing down to them. So when you think booby fucking Kennedy is fighting for you, you are lost. When you think Tulsi Gabbard is anti-war, she is pro-war. She's a warmonger. When you think Donald Trump is fighting for the American working class, you're seriously confused. He's the swarm. But the good news is, Jesse, I'm running for president. And we have a movement, Truth, Freedom, Health. This has never occurred before in human history. We actually have a movement that exposes the dynamics of the slavery they put us through. We actually educate people of all the buttons that they push so you can understand the machinery of slavery. That's quite extraordinary because now you don't need me. Jesse, you learn this. Others learn this. We all raise our consciousness. That's a movement. They're over. So the only way someone like me would ever get elected president is with a movement. So the movement and my run for presidency are intimately, you know, uh, or intimately linked. So if you're out there, wherever you are, you know, go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Become a warrior scholar. It's a global movement. Right. We have about half a million people all over the world in 120 countries. You can support my run for president. Right. How can you do that? Well, if you go to um, if I can share my screen again, Jesse, if, if, if people can go first way you can do it is go to um, Shiva for president dot com. Sign this, um, you know, petition. OK, sign this petition because it gives you one position. But if you go to the Shiva for president dot com website, Notice I have not asked one time for money here. That's what all these other beggars do. What you can do is you can go to the shop on the Shiva for President website and you can do something 
much simpler and more powerful is you can simply go to the bumper sticker section and get one of these bumper stickers. Boldly put it on the back windshield of your car, the back windshield. You pay like five bucks. A hundred thousand people will see this wherever you are in the world. It shows that you actually stand for something. The second thing is up here. There's a free download section and go up here. It's free. You can download this flyer. This flyer says they're the lesser of two evils is killing your children. And by the way, I'm the only one who's educating you on how you can be the solution, right? Because we need solutions. But the problem is this. This is a graph of U.S. life expectancy. And it's been going down over the last 40, 50 years because of the policies of the Kennedys and et cetera from the 60s and 70s. And the reason, that, so your child will live shorter than you. That's because of the policies, many, many policies. It's not just a vaccine. And as this flyer says, we need a systems overhaul. That demands a movement. And you can watch this video, as Jesse said earlier, go to shatterthesworm.com, watch this video. It'll tell you who the swarm is. And then here's the solution. You guys got to get behind our campaign for president. You can volunteer. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Understand how these people manipulate you and invite people to our open house every Thursdays, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. The only way we're going to win is each one of you getting engaged on the ground, building a movement. And we educate you on how to build a movement. There is no shortcut anymore. You cannot be outsourcing your future to these morons. We're all Zionists, by the way. Someone says, what is a Zionist? A Zionist is, Maria, someone who ascribes to a political ideology. And the political ideology believes that they are the chosen people, that you actually are a less of a human being. In fact, that political ideology believes that you have an animal soul, and they actually have two souls, an animal soul, but an, a soul that's a real soul. And only they can connect with God and you cannot and that they deserve a homeland even if it means butchering other people who lived on that homeland but it's a racist philosophy Zionism anyone who's a Zionist is a racist who ascribes who supports the forces of imperialism who believes that Israel it's okay for Israel to go butcher the Palestinians because they can bring up some 4,000-year-old reference to some people living there. It's all bullshit. It's nonsense. We got a good question from Matt here. He says, how would you deal with the war ministers, the war presidents in other countries um, in place uh, once you became president? Look, here, here's the deal. Um, we have to recognize that the United States presidency is corrupt. The United States legislature is corrupt. Everything is corrupt, okay? So you can put up this thing again, his, his question again, Jesse, but the bottom line to understand, Matt, is that I am a catalyst. You know, Jesse's a catalyst, okay? But what we need to do is build a movement. So if I become president, what would I do differently? What I would do, Matt, is exactly what I'm doing right now with Jesse. I'd be in the Oval Office. I said, Jesse, let's do a podcast to educate 8 billion people now of what is Zionism. There's nothing else that I can do but to educate people. People bottoms up have to build a, a movement. I wouldn't deal with these war ministers. They're, they're our enemies. What I can do, 
use the bully pulpit of the presidency to mobilize you guys on the ground. You see what I'm saying? Because now I'd have, I'd have access to 8 billion people. I could call a press conference every day. They may try to shadow ban me even then, okay? Um, but my winning the presidency would be like a revolution took place, right? Um, it's a very fundamentally different thing that we're doing. We're not, we have to shift our head from the old way of thinking to think, oh, now a president does this. No, this is a movement, Matt. So you're part of this movement, right? Our winning the presidency would be like a revolution took place. Well, at that point, we move forward with speed. We start prosecuting all the heads of these social media companies who violated the human rights of many, many people, right? You'd prosecute Elon Musk because he kept the backdoor portal to Twitter open, prosecute um, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, all these guys. And all these Zionists at the Fed, at the US Treasury would be thrown behind bars because they've been printing money without anything, without any approval. So you would move with a force of a movement, okay? So just think about what I'm saying. My being elected president, the force that that would take would give people the authority, right, to move things and lessen human suffering at a much, much faster rate. Here's a question from Elizabeth. She says, do you comprehend that to get, to get elected for president, you'll have to pledge allegiance to Israel? That puts your no, integrity you into question. I, I would denounce Israel. No, I wouldn't do that because we have a movement. Because look, Elizabeth, my getting elected, listen very carefully, would be a mandate from all the anti-Zionist forces. We don't have to do any of that. I'm not a slave. There's no, I don't have to pledge allegiance to them. Where does it say that? That doesn't say that in the constitution. That's made up, it's fiction. There was another question here is what you thought about Dr. David Martin. I don't know. I met him at some event. He was wearing a bow tie. He seemed like he was all full of himself. So that's all I know about him. I haven't had a chance to explore him too much. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know where this guy was in March of 2020. That's another lit litmus test, you know? We should look at where these people were in March of 2020. Belinda says, bring that up. That's an interesting one. Um, our only hope is if the army takes over and if not, protect yourself. So Belinda, let's just analyze what you just said. Our only hope. Belinda, you got to go watch the swarm video. There's 8 billion of us, okay, and about 10,000 of them. So think about what you're saying. Your statement comes from a position of not understanding the dynamics. Go watch the swarm video. You can put up their shatterthesworm.com. Go watch a swarm video. You will understand that the issue is how are 10 to 20,000 people manipulating 8 billion people? And I have uncovered how they do that. So you should understand that. Um, Laura says, what, the Zionist server, or how do you get rid of them when Zionists are extremely strong? They're not strong. The only reason they're strong is because we make them strong, Laura. So we have to mobilize people broadly across the world. Um, ask Laura, Laura, maybe you can, how are the Zionists strong over us when there's 8 billion of us? We outnumber them 5 million to one. Yeah, and someone yeah. said you could tone it down. No, 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 no. Wrong attitude. You don't tone it down. You must teach your children. You must curse at these people 
with the most vituperative language. Again, I can use very sophisticated language, all right? Um, the way we build a movement, so Shel Brown, Martin, um, you have a theory about how you build a movement. And frankly, you don't know what you're talking about because you haven't been involved in this. You have a theory that you build a movement by mollifying your language. Bullshit. Let me tell you how movements get built. Come to our open house because you do not know what you're talking about. It's like, um, frankly, um, you would be like me when I was a young eight-year-old wanting to learn how to throw a curveball. I could talk all the shit I wanted, but you have you learn about the dynamics of how to throw a curveball, okay? And there is techniques, there is methods, but the bottom line is this, okay? Yeah, what was David Martin saying in March of 2020? That's a question to ask, okay? What was he saying in March of 2020? That's the litmus test. I didn't hear so, him until 2021, really. I yeah. think it was 2021 yeah. is where he yeah. came on to the scene. And I've been at this for a very long time. And then he just popped out of nowhere. Yeah. So a lot of these people, and the issue is they go to the WHO, put on his bow tie and talks all this stuff. Well, if that's the case, where was he in March of 2020? Where was he? Did he sign the fire Fauci, you know, campaign, right? That These are the facts. So if you're going to choose leaders, um, you have to choose people, especially who do and say the right thing at the right time. Not wear a fucking bow tie and talk about shit a year later, okay? Or write books a year later, all right? And if they truly cared about people, they'd be supporting the movement for Truth, Freedom, Health, which is here, which is live, all right? Um, someone said the 13 families who think they rule. Yeah. Well, he said, how would you, how would you eliminate them? So this is a perfect timing. Cause this was something that I wanted to bring up and ask you about. So, um, these are the 13 families that people think that rule the world. The Astors, the Bundys, the Collins, DuPont, Freeman, Kennedy is there. Lee, Onassis, Reynolds, Rockefeller, Rothschild, Russell, and Van, Van Doon. But the real ones that are behind the scenes, those are just the ones in the public eye, just in case they ever have to give them anything to appease the people. So the whole, you know, like five million to one don't go on them. But the real ones are the Borgias, Breakspear, Somalia, Orsini's, the Conti's, the Chigi's, Colonna's, Farnese's. Farnese's were the ones who have the Pentagon um, in, in, in Europe. And that's where the Pentagon was funded by them and created by the Farnese family, the Medici's, the Gaetani's, the Pamphili's, the Estes, and the Aldo Brandini's. So his question is like, how would you like eliminate their control, you know, over the people well, think, if these families have really... been ruling for thousands of years? Right. Well, we have to really, it's a great question. Let me give this analogy. <clears throat> if um, someone said, how would you fly? How would you fly? Okay. Let's, <clears throat> let's really look at this question in a larger context, Jesse. It's a good question, right? So how will you eliminate the 13 ruling families in the deep state? It's basically asking how do you achieve human liberation, right? Let's take the, reframe the question. How do you actually, all of us stop being slaves? Now take that question over here, which you may think is impossible and, and posit the question to yourself a thousand years ago saying, how would you fly like a bird? How would you free yourself of Earth's gravity, right? It seems like an impossible problem, doesn't it? 
oh, only birds fly. Only the elites can have all this freedom. Hey, Shiva, Jesse, you guys got to understand that's just the way that things are. You can never overthrow these people, right? So think about the thinking a thousand years ago, someone's sitting and seeing a bird fly and you say, and someone says, hey, I think I can fly like a bird. I think we can fly. And you say, there's no way you can do that. And here I am saying that we can overcome these people and actually have truth, freedom, health. So now the question is how? And I use the analogy of the bird flying. And you have to really think about this. How did we achieve flight? How did we achieve flight? How do we do that? Well, people would build these random airplanes, you know, with wings on there. And then you've seen those things, right? Throw themselves off cliffs and do all this crazy shit because they wanted to liberate themselves from gravity. And they tried and tried and tried until one day a guy called Bernoulli figured out something called Bernoulli's principle. And this is where science and engineering are important. We don't train people in science and engineering anymore. But he figured out Bernoulli's principle, which defined how the shape of a wing should be. The velocity of air below and above the wing that could give you something called lift. Okay? So you could now create a wing with a particular shape. Okay? And how air would have to flow underneath that wing to give you lift. That's a very profound scientific principle. Without that scientific principle, we would never have been able to get lift and do the impossible. Does that make sense? All right. So if you hold that over here, now you talk about how do we break ourselves from the bondage of what the swarm, the 13 families, whatever you want to call them. I call it the swarm. It's much more a scientific term. Well, you need a science. You need an engineering. You need to understand the physics of the swarm. No different than Bernoulli needed to understand the shape of the wing. And so think about my journey. I grew up in the caste system of India. I got all their engineering degrees. I'm, I'm a renowned system scientist. I took all of that brain trust and I applied it to a, to a very important problem. How do we achieve truth, freedom, health for humanity? And what I uncovered was there are scientific principles, nine scientific principles that have been around for thousands of years, but I was able to rediscover them, organize them, so you could learn them. But without those scientific principles, you'll keep asking the same old, like a slave. Many of the questions that are being asked are coming from a slave mentality. You're asking, well, how can we do this? How do we overcome them? What, what are we to do? What, what, how do we get them to do this? No, it's not about them, guys. It's about us. Can you understand how this system operates, all the mechanics? Well, you can, because when you go to Truth for the Health, I've organized that. It took me 50 years to figure that out. And we've made it so anyone can understand these principles. It begins with actual engineering principles. How is it that, Jesse, I'm take, taking this iPhone here and I can call you. Isn't that magic? How am I able to do that? It's through technology called wireless technology, which was created by understanding Maxwell's equations. Now, how many people know Maxwell's equations? It should be taught to every at the kindergarten level. But it was Maxwell's equations that let us understand how magnets and electricity work together to create electron electromagnetism. So there's so much physics and science running the world, but yet few people know about it. And I'm here to tell you with all humility that like Isaac Newton, 
like Maxwell, I have uncovered the scientific principles of human liberation, the engineering principles. But without those principles, people like the slaves will still keep asking very dumb questions as though they're going to help us. They're not going to help us. It's we have to help ourselves. Now, to help yourself, like if you want to learn how to make an egg, there's the science, right? If you want to make a good poached egg, you have to boil the water, you have to time it for six minutes, and you have to put it in there, and you have to watch it for six minutes, and you'll get a perfect poached egg, okay? Or a soft-boiled egg. Everything has a physics and a science. If we want to overthrow these 13 families and seek liberation, you need a scientific foundation. You need to have a vision. And then you need to do activities on the ground, which is get on the ground and educate people. So we've created a flyer. We've created the science and we have a very clear vision. So everyone get off your butt. Um, there's nothing to really wait, but you know, suffering good does not overcome evil. You have to fight evil. You don't simply think, oh, I want to fly like a bird. No, you have to figure out the principles. You have to build an airplane, right? It's quite extraordinary what humans are able to do. You know. I took an air flight recently and it was 40,000 feet in the air and I was able to take a shower up there on an Emirates flight. It's amazing. Engineers did that, not politicians. Engineers created the iPhone, not politicians. And it will be engineers who will create the society that will liberate all human beings. Plumbers, electricians, working people. So stop thinking booby fucking Kennedy is going to do anything for you. These people know nothing. They know to fix nothing. You should look to people like me and Jesse and yourselves. I know how to write computer code. I know how to fix my plumbing. I mean, I have a degree in electrical engineering, mechanical engineering. I know how to build a home. You know, I know how to design things. I know how to go down and use a microscope. You know, I have skills. What skills do these fucking people have? They have nothing. I created the first email system as a 14-year-old kid. Compare my skill set to their skill set. Compare your skill set to their skill set. If you're a mother, you have more skills than 99.999% of these politicians. So we have to start having some dignity for ourselves. And Zionism is about basically saying they're smart and you're dumb. They should make money. You should be enslaved. We have to defeat Zionism. We have to defeat casteism. And the only way to do it is to build a movement. And in order to build a movement, you better understand the physics of building a movement. You better roll up your sleeves and want to be a good student for a couple of hours. The good thing is I put the, the knowledge together. And this has been my life journey. So it's time for people to get their head out of their ass and start being good students. Are many as a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, let's talk about what that means. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Let's go to principles. What was Jesus Christ's principles, okay? Who was he fighting? The number one enemy of Jesus Christ was the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Zionists of the time. Jesus is obvious, the obvious establishment was the Romans, but the real criminals were the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the guys who were the Jewish scholars who spoke the words of God, but did everything against God. So I'm a great admirer of Jesus Christ. Um, I've studied probably more of Christ's work than most Christians have. And I don't think most Christians are Christians. Because if you were truly a Christian, you know, you would go study very carefully what Christ did seven days before he was crucified in 
you know, where he took the cat of nine tails and he whipped the bankers or the traders um, out of the temple. That's what we all need to do. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Most Christians don't want to talk about that incident. They don't want to talk about that. It's hard for them to reconcile Jesus beating the shit out of these pricks who were running the temple. And I'm sure when Jesus chased him out, he didn't say, please move along with peace. Please, I beg you to move along. No, he took the whip and he said, get the fuck out of here. Okay. So most Christians don't even know what Christianity is. They follow a namby-pamby version of Christianity. And, you know, you have to really understand what Christ was about. Christ was also on this. He understood the spiritual context that the body is not it, that we are more than the body. It's a very important concept to understand. And the other concept he understood was that when you're on this earth, you have to live the words of God. You have to practice it. So if you're listening and you're a Christian, why the fuck are you supporting the Zionists in Israel? Why? You're fucking crazy if you claim you're a Christian, all these stupid evangelical ministers wanting to wipe out and butcher the Palestinians. It's nuts. You're not a Christian. If Christ were alive today, he would be supporting my petition to send military aid to the Palestinian people. Okay, He'd be over there fighting on the side of the Palestinian people against Christian and Jewish Zionism. I even heard some of the Zionists were like making fun and saying, we are the ones who killed Jesus. And they were making fun of that. But oh, yeah, I yeah, find most, yeah, most, most Zionists hate Jesus. They thought Jesus was a crazy guy um, and he should be, it was good. He was crucified. And they were saying that they even did it. But what I find fascinating is that the power structure were the Romans and they're kind of like the hidden hand, but they were not the hidden hand at that time. Now the hidden hand are the Romans, but they're using the Zionism. So that way that's kind of the enemy of the people. You can't talk about them, but that's the enemy while the true puppet masters are pulling the strings as everybody is kind of divided and focusing on the Zionism, same as back in the Bible, because none of it talks about how the Romans were bad because who put the Bible together? The Romans, Constantine and the Romans. So they didn't want to make themselves look bad. They cast that shadow on, you know, the Pharisees, which now is like the modern day Zionists. So it's kind exactly. of like re reliving that over again. And the stuff that's happening in Palestine right now you know seems to be like i have got some really really hardcore christian friends that talk to me about this stuff all the time and they're like most christians that go to sunday worship the sabbath is supposed to be saturday it's not supposed to be sunday worship and things like that but we're saying that what the bible prophecy says is that seven countries uh, muslim countries need to turn on israel and so what they're doing is that they're making these prophecies come true whether it was truly prophesied to happen or is it that these psychopaths are just trying to destroy humanity, destroy this earth, a big F you to God and saying, look, we can lead your people to slaughter. This is how stupid of people you've made. We're going to lead there. We're going to lead them to their own slaughter. And for these Bible prophecies to come true is what's kind of happening with the Israel Palestine. And now all the countries are going to turn on Pal uh, on Israel, you know, to make these prophecies come true. So I just wanted to know what you thought about that and the prophecy side of it. Yeah, look, you know, I think um, the reality is we live um, in a world of theater, Jesse. Okay. It's all theater. Um, 
Netanyahu, there was going to be a civil war in Israel. He was going to be ousted. Um, so theatrically, he creates this theater. Um, you have these guys on a hang glider coming over into Israel, evading. I mean, when you think about Mossad, I've been to Israel. I was there for about six weeks, you know. When you've been to Israel, it's like a police state. Nothing goes in and out of there without them knowing it. So, and so let's just go back to fundamental principles, right? So the theatrics here are all this is theater. And you have to look at what is the end state of this theater, right? What is the goal? And you realize the goal of the end state of this theater is power, profit, control. And then they have people uh, fighting against each other. And so, and, and then they want to create a dialectic, Hamas versus the Israelis, that, right? That's no, no different than Mad Dog versus Superman, you know, in some WWE fight, okay? So you're, they want you to get involved in this fight. And if you say something against this guy, it means you're supporting this guy, right? So that's the dialectics they want you. What we're saying is we don't like the entire theater, right? That's what we have to realize, that there's a theatrics going on. So we talk about um, the coming of the prophecy. Again, this is all part of the theater, right? It's all part of the Shakespearean play. They want us to be focused on the theater, on prophecies and all this stuff versus something much more fundamental. What is it that I can do? What are you going to do? Are you just going to be on social media watching all this shit? Or what are you doing to mobilize people? Well, how about we educate people and mobilize people? Like, ask the question, why, why, why is the United States government on the side of the Zionists? And that brings up some interesting contradictions. You can learn from that. So if I'm the American person and I'm, I want to, um, and I'm giving my tax dollars to my government, I don't want to be associated with sending military aid to Israel. Okay, so let's put forward this other thesis. I, as the American person, want military aid to go to the Palestinian people. You see, now people are like, what are you talking about, right? Now it is a wonderful opportunity to have a deeper discussion. So that's what needs to happen, Jesse, because everything here is theater. They own the theater. They own all the mainstream media. They own all the, uh, the social media influencers, right? And none of them will say stuff against Zionism because they're going to be gone. And all of them know this difference too. And then they have the trolls whenever you attack Zionism saying you support Hamas. Hamas was created by Zionism. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? So these, <laughs> so these people are just, they have the theater and you attack the theater, they want you to say, oh, you're supporting one guy or the other. So it really comes down to education, Jesse. It's, you know, it's the individual getting their heads out of their ass and understanding how they're being played. And when enough people understand that they're being played, it's over for these guys. And it's starting to happen. Look, over the last 50, 40 years, there have been more and more Jews who can see the difference between Zionism and Judaism. And, and you can see a shift that took place over 40 years in a good way, in a very positive way, because of all the bottoms up movements. Most, more importantly, because of all the people getting butchered in Palestine. People are like, what the fuck's going on? So there are more and more Jews who are recognizing, wait a minute, this ain't right. Judaism is not Zionism. And that's a good thing. And um, that's why all of the Zionists are coming together. All the presidential candidates are all calling for the butchering of Palestine because they need to escalate Zionism because a lot of people are getting this. They're starting to break away from um, Zionism. They're, they're understanding, oh, I'm a Jew, but I don't have to be a Zionist.
Well, the Jews and the Palestinians lived peacefully together in the land of Palestine for thousands of years. Exactly. And all of a sudden, the Zionists move in and want to take it all over and, you know, genocide the Palestinian people. And that's a problem. And nobody should be supporting genocide. Nobody should be supporting that this country can come in a legal occupation and destroy and genocide a people. Like, that's not right. And people have the right to defend themselves when it comes to, you know, especially genocide of, of your families. Like, what would you do if that was your family that was being genocided? Jesse, I think one of the things we need to understand is that... This, when I say Zionism is racism in the service of imperialism, we need to understand that the imperialists at that time were Britain, okay? So they created Zionism to serve the interests of imperialism. So let's break this down. In the 17, 16, 1800s, the empire was Britain. What was Britain's number one policy? Divide and rule. So they went to Africa where all, there were all these kings who had very clear boundaries of their states, right? Of their nation, right? Or their areas. Britain went in and they randomly started drawing lines. Just made up their own map. And obviously it went against historical maps of one tribe against another. And they would start this tribe fighting this tribe. When people weren't, you know, they didn't have these, these nation state wars. And Britain would take the side, one side, and they would exploit them for all their minerals, their diamonds, their rare earth metals. That's what happened. Same thing. You have, like you said, people in Palestine, Jews, and um, by the way, there were Arabs who were Jews and Arabs who were Muslim. They lived in peace. Suddenly, Britain imports these white European. Zionists who come there, take these people's lands, and now they pit the Jews against the Muslims, right? Or the Arabs, you know, they start splitting them. And this war was by design because that region, if you look at it on a map, is one of the most strategic reasons for imperialism. Okay? Let's just get into very simple, you know, sort of follow the money. That region, if you look on a map, why is it so critical? I, I, I'm not sure people know where Israel even exists, but everyone needs to understand where is Israel, right? It is at one of the most critical places in the, you know, or Palestine, okay, to be accurate. Um, it is at one of the most um, critical places on the planet. And let's look at where it is, okay? Genie it's energy. Genie Energy, they want to put that pipeline right through there, and that's why they need all those lands. You know, that's quite well, part. I'm yeah, just, so you let, know, me bring up, let me bring up a map here so people can understand this here. Um, the amount of strategic nature of this place right here, right, is quite extraordinary. So here's a map, and here is... Um, you know, when we look here, Saudi Arabia, right? This region right here is one of the most important regions um, on the planet. You have the Strait of Hormuz here, which brings, you know, goods from Russia down this way. And this is where the um, peninsula is, right? 
right here. I mean, the uh, uh, you have Sinai here, uh, but this is one of the most strategic areas. And so, and right here sits Israel, okay? And from here, you can have a massive military base that can literally control this entire region. And if you step back and you see where it is, it is Middle East. <laughs> it's in the middle, the East and the West. And dead center is Israel. So this is a very, very strategic place. So what better place, ocean front, to go start a divide and rule policy? You always keep this under a warlike situation because then you can send mass, you can justify massive amounts of military aid to that area. That's what this is about. This is by design. And wherever Britain went all over the world, they always created these wars. They did it in India, right? Pakistanis versus the Indians, right? Everywhere Britain went, they did divide and rule. Krishna just said that. They did the same thing in India. So we need to understand we're all being played. But Zionism is a tool of imperialism. Imperialism is a goal. So once you understand that Zionism is used to, as racism, so you can pit people against each other, and then it serves the interests of imperialism, like you said, the Romans, right? But ultimately, the Jews in Israel, who are now still white European Jews, they've also woken up. And that's why they wanted to have a civil war against Netanyahu. They don't support, they don't support this, but even the Jew in Israel must renounce Zionism because it's a racist ideology. One thing to be a Jew, then other things to support this political ideology. So someone put on my feet, I'm a Zionist and I still support Palestinian. Well, you should let go of the Zionism shit, okay? You should say, I'm a Jew and I support the Palestinian people and to hell with Zionism. So this is, <coughs> frankly, the liberal Jews who are full of Palestinian people, they have to drop Zionism. It's going to be hard. It's like saying, yeah, I believe in white supremacy, but I want to help black people. <laughs> so this you, is know, like, you have to say, I'm, I'm not a white supremacist. Do you know that it actually goes against the, I believe it's Judaism to create the state of Israel, that they weren't even supposed to do that. They were never supposed to have that. As, oh, no, no, no. As, yeah, as, and, as, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the Jewish scholars will tell you that. So by all accounts, this is a violation of Judaism. The Zionists collaborated. If the Jews who are Zionists are coming to the conclusion that they are supporting the Palestinian people, please let go of Zionism. Stop saying you're a Zionist. That's a final break. It is no different than saying, I'm a white supremacist, but I like, I want to help black people. You have to let go of the white supremacy. You have to start saying you're a white supremacist. Because otherwise, you know, Zionism is white supremacy, among other things, but it is racism. So we have to understand the history. We cannot deny history. We have to come to terms with Jesus, right? We have to have the come to Jesus day, right? Some says, are the Zionists, do you think reptilians? Well, you know, a friend of mine suggested maybe we should get the DNA assay of all these people and look at their empathy. You know, we all have uh, something called empathetic neurons in our brain, right? Uh, it's quite extraordinary. We have empathetic, we can feel for others. Perhaps these people don't have any empathetic neurons. Yeah, Netanyahu, Carolina says, ice cold. No, he's a fascist. He is a spawn of Satan. I think we've covered everything, Jesse. I don't know. Uh, what else you want. Last thing, last thing that I wanted to cover. So 
Um, Renee says here it's a fight for free energy. There's a lot of systems in place, some of the Tesla energies, geothermal energies. Um, they even have pylons underneath the ocean that sway back and forth that create hydro energies. There's lots of energies where we could not be having to burn oil and gas, you know, do all these things. There's lots of sustainable energies. What would you like to do as president, you know, to have possibly free energy for the people? Yeah, look, you know, as president of the United States, the first thing I would do is completely um, uh, shut down the Department of Energy of the United States. It's a bogus organization. OK, it serves the interests of Zionism and the swarm. Um, there are many, many technologies that have been around for hundreds of years. Um, Tesla stuff, um, people have created cold fusion. They don't know why it works, but it does work. All right, there's now hundreds of scientists. You know, when the cold fusion stuff came up, fusion is basically where you take two atomic nuclei and you fuse them, and it releases more energy than um, it's how the sun works. And the thesis is that you always needed to do it with hot energy, you know, plasma. But Pons and Fleischmann, in 1980, figured out a way on a desktop, you had cold fusion and, and that research was attacked. And that attack turns out was a false attack, that there is something going on. So the problem is this, Jesse, until we, the people actually overtake our governments and prosecute these people and execute some of them, uh, we're never gonna have freedom. And that's And the only way to get there is we need a movement. It needs to be a movement. It's not going to. And that's why my run for president is a tip of the spear of a movement. So my being elected, we would actually I mean, the day you get elected, you use the force of that movement to prosecute, execute some of these people. They should be because they're, they're criminals. Actually, a bunch of mafia to organized crime has been running the world. And so that's why we need to build a movement. None of this is going to happen. They have no interest in free energy. They have no interest in fusion. They don't want to do any of this stuff. OK, and if they wanted to do it, they would do it when they would also own free energy. Right. They would figure out, oh, OK, these are the instruments you need for free energy. And they would pass laws so you can do free energy. So this can only happen when it when we have a bottoms up movement. It has it is us versus them. Don't be a white, quote unquote, a white liberal and try to poo poo this and saying, oh, we, you know, we need peace. We you know sing songs like we shall overcome. Right. No, there's three movements in the world right now. The obvious establishment the white liberal peaceniks who know the enemy, but they try to mollify it. You say <clears throat> they try to make it as though there's another way out of this, Jesse, that we can, you know, we can very quietly stroke the, the monster that we can play with Satan. You say that if we hug Satan enough, he'll change. Okay. That we give Satan enough love, he'll change. It's not going to happen that way. We need to build a powerful movement. And um, eliminate these people because they they want to eliminate you. It is us versus them. And you cannot be stupid about this. We need to build a movement. It has to be a conscious movement. And my run for president, our movement for truth from health gives people for the first time in human history that opportunity. There is no other force on the planet that can defeat these people because you need to understand the dynamics. You need if you're serious. You need to get on the ground and you need to have a clear vision. The vision is truth, freedom, health. The physics, go to truth, freedom, health. Understand how systems work. 
and then get on the ground with educating people. So we've put together the program, Jesse. If someone else had a better program, I wouldn't be doing any of this. I have a lot of stuff to do. As many of you know, I run a company, a technology I created called Cytosol, right? Um, that really can go solve every disease. A lot of my friends are saying, Shiva, why are you focused on building a movement? Just focus on building Cytosol. Well, the reality is even Cytosol, no matter how many diseases I solve, we're not going to be able to get it out because of the swarm, right? So ultimately, it's a political movement that you need to build. Yeah, and I align with everything that you say, except for the executing part. I'm a firm believer in the thou shall not kill. I believe yeah. that we can't become them to replace them. And I think that we have to do this in the right way that we can, you know, be honorable. I know I'd have no problem knocking some of these people out. And, you know, you need someone to well, well, be beside you doing that stuff. Well, but I, again, like well, well, I Jesse, just... When, when, when we say execute... And when we say terminate, we mean the following very clearly, okay? Um, you know, when Christ took the whip into the temple, he did it out of love, out of love for the broad mass of people. So just think about if you're a Christian, Christ takes a whip and he beats the shit out of people in the temple, okay? Let's really talk about that because this is like the heart of the issue here. So Christ, the most loving human being, the manifestation of God, why would he do that? Why would he do something violent? Well, he wanted to protect the people. He wanted to show the people. It was obviously, you know, he needed to stand up against to the tyranny. And, you know, you have to punch the bully in the face in order for the bully to stop being the bully. But I think that's a little bit different when we're talking about actually becoming them to replace them. And I think that that's a fine line. That's very different. That's very different. That's very different. That's not what we're saying. So go back to Christ, right? Christ didn't sit on the sidelines and say, hey, guys, can you please move out of the temple? Please move along. We, that's why I love this scene. And Christ did it multiple times. It's something that really, really people need to reflect on. He went into the temple with a cat of nine tails. He threw over the tables and he beat the shit out of these people. Okay. And I just want people to reflect on that. Just reflect on it. Because what you will realize is there is a very clear line between Satan and the forces of spirit and God. It is that simple. And I think people need to understand that these people are satanic forces. They are not human beings. They have crossed the line beyond human. They have become satanic forces. When you go in and you want to butcher people when you're okay. Like you said, a hundred million people lived in the United States, right? Now there's 10 million on, you know, in a reservation. Think about what the quality of the makeup mentally and physically you must have to do order that kind of stuff, Jesse. It's not a human being. It's something else. So I think we really need to reflect on that. These people are not one of us they're completely different people i don't even know if they're people if you define people as loving and compassionate i don't think they have any compassion so we need to really reflect on that because when gandhi was in india he's the proponent of the nonviolent movement okay 
when he was in South Africa, he was fine with the racism. So in India, the, the Indians were being butchered by the British. There's a very famous scene where they were rounded up into a stadium and just all shot. Okay. British were doing that to the Indian people. They cut the thumbs off textile workers in India, 5,000 textile workers. So they can weave anymore because they wanted to stop the Indian weaving industry because they moved everything to Manchester. Now, just think about that, cutting the thumbs off 5,000 people. All right. Now, what are you supposed to do to that? Go to them and, oh, give me peace? No, you have to mobilize forces. You have to fight that. That's pure evil. So Gandhi comes in because there was a revolutionary movement building in India to violently kick out the people, not because they wanted violence, because they had no other choice. So when everyday people come to the point of taking up arms, they're doing this not because they're bad people, because it is the only force that they have. If you look at the arc of human history, the people get oppressed and oppressed. People are brutalizing them. And then one day after people's backs are against the wall, then they take up weapons. And then these peaceniks say, oh, why are you fighting for yourself? It's like, shut the fuck up. For 80 years, we've been brutalized. In the case of India, 300 years. All your gold was stolen out of you. Your thumbs were cut off. And in fact, many Indians were in the British and French armies. And when they had a mutiny, they were all hung on a telephone pole, telephone poles. And they asked Gandhi what he thought. He goes, oh, I believe the punishment was just because no one should oppose authority. I mean, are you a fucking idiot? Wow. So when you say nonviolence, when you say peace, it's actually a code word for let the suffering continue. If you have cancer in your body, you have to violently go take that out. You have to go excise that. You can't let it keep growing. So we need to have a reframing of when we talk about violence and nonviolence. Who is the real violent per person? Who started the violence? Who created the cancer? So we have to go to cause and effect. And we have to recognize that why is any of the Israeli social media sites allowed online? Apply your principle of violence. Go look at their history of violence. Why is any of the government media allowed online? They're the ones who promote violence. And if I say you should fight violence with defense, it's, you know, it's like, come on. That means anyone who speaks the American Revolution should be thrown off social media, right? So we have to have a reframing of truth. We have to have a reframing of this position of all the so-called nonviolent people. Start with Gandhi. Gandhi was a very violent individual. Okay, he promoted violence. He was fine with the butchering of the Indians. He just wanted people to get butchered, take a beating. Nuts. It's completely ludicrous. Yeah, I have no issues with uh, people defending themselves and doing what it needs to defend themselves. I just mean after, you know, it's said and done and the people take back the power, you know, to go with a thirst for blood and to execute all these people when there could be, you know, other ways to, to do that because... Uh, you know, if there's no need for, if we've already been in control, they've already been imprisoned, why have the need now to kill them, right? Now, why when, you know, I think that oh, that... Well, I think that, that'll, be up to the, that'll be up to people to decide, Jesse. It's not for us. People should decide that. You know, the United States has laws and there you can execute people who commit treason, right? It's in the laws of the United States laws. Many countries, so, you know, they already have laws to execute people. 
just because it's a law doesn't mean it's right, right? I think that in order well, for well, us here, to move here, here, here. and evolve I mean, it's, into it's, the right place, if involve all together where we can do this and people can be proud of how we all did this together, I think that there should be sense of morality. And I think that thou shall not kill, you know, thou shall not murder because that's actually murdering someone that's in prison that there's no need, there's no, you know, there's no need for it. So there's, this is just what I'm trying to, to get at. I was dealing with yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a, this is a deeper discussion that this is a longer discussion because it brings up some very very interesting questions you know <clears throat> if you have a peep of a group of people who are dedicated to annihilating you uh you have to you know if you have a group of people a small set of people want to annihilate eight billion people which is what's going on right now there's a depopulation agenda right now you have a group of people who want to depopulate people who actually want to poison people, who want to pass policies that destroy our biology. That's what's going on right now. One could argue it's a slow execution that they're doing of people, right? But right now, when I show you that graph of the life expectancy, your child is going to live a shorter lifespan than you. I consider that a form of execution, you know? It's done, it's titrated. It's titrated execution, you know? So that's going on right now. And those people are against violence. They should wake the F up because there's massive violence taking place against 8 billion people on the planet. If you look at the, your child will have a shorter lifespan than you. It pretty much says it are. How did that happen? Through all these policies of execution that have been taking place, right? Poison in the atmosphere, right? Passing healthcare policies, stressing people out, income inequality. This is like uh, execution by a thousand razor blades, Jesse. They're already doing it. You know, they're executing humans in real time today well this is what carol is saying here they aren't human jesse they need to be removed from the planet the entire bloodline and this is just and carol I'm may having, be right i'm having a hard carol. time with that you know that everybody you know i just i'm, I'm just having a, i've been thinking about this well for i don't know what years. i'm what i'm saying what i'm saying is this jesse i think it's pretty clear to you that if someone came into your home with a gun and they were gonna shoot you you should you, you'd be dumb not to shoot back at them right that's right. that's clear to protect. No, yourself. of course I would, but I would be right. shooting for kneecap. I would be shooting for elbows. I wouldn't be shooting headshot. Right. Like I would do what I can not to murder, but I would do everything I could that I needed to to defend myself, no matter what. Yeah, you may not have that prescience, you know, the presence of mind to do that, but you would do whatever it takes to stop you. Now, now, so that's one thing I think everyone can understand where violence is justified. Now, take it at another level. You live on. You and 50 other people live on a plot of land, and there's a force of people who are around you, right, want to annihilate you, okay? A Waco, force Waco Texas, Clinton and Waco, Texas, for example. Right. So that's another example, right? What are you doing? That, what's the morality there? Well, you better fight for yourself or you're going to be gone, okay? So it is, that's, that's against survival. Um, now consider the fact that, you know, it's a very interesting point after a revolution is when the counter-revolution takes place. A lot of people don't understand this. After, for example, the American Revolution took place, the White House was burned down in the 1800s. The British were still trying to come back into power. After the revolution, the more bloodiest thing is a counter-revolution. Because let's say, you know, you overthrow these people, right? The next day, you could be sitting in the White House. The next day is when the counter-revolution starts. And most counter-revolutions are more bloody because the people that got ousted out of power are going to fight like rabid dogs to try to come back into power, Jesse. This is the reality of it.
Okay. And they, they have so, no souls and they have no souls and they're more violent and they don't have morals. So, you know, I, well, I, I no. get that. No, no. Historically, after every revolution is a counter-revolution. So in 1776, when was, when did they, um, when did the United States government actually allow people to vote? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, 1776 was a revolution, right? Yeah. Americans won the revolution. When, when did they allow people to vote and exercise all these freedoms? It was a while after that, I believe. It was, it was not until 1789. Okay. It was 13 years, uh, you know, uh, 13 years later. Why? What was going on during those 13 years? The United States was under a wartime military rule. We were fighting the counter-revolutionaries. It was bloody. In fact, it was more bloodier after that because Britain was trying to come back into power. So once you get rid of the reptiles, swarm, whatever you want to call them, they're going to try to slither back into power. So we may not agree with it, but they had fascist, you could call it fascist military rule. There was no constitution during that period, okay? There's no Bill of Rights, right? First Amendment doesn't come in until 1791, the freedom of speech. So in every revolution, you'll see the revolutionaries, when they take over, there's a period where the, it's still a wartime economy taking place. And that needs to be looked at from a re reality. So let's say in the unlikely case, the people in Palestine seize power, okay? The people of Palestine, and they are now in Tel Aviv. What do you think is going to happen the next day, man? That that is going to get even more bloodier because the reptiles, the Zionists are going to try to come back into power as never before. You see? So the, the, the winning of a movement is the beginning during the period of some of the most bloodiest events that take place, unfortunately, because those that have been ousted from power are going to claw back to get back into power. And you saw that in every major revolutionary movement. So that's why they have created the not so obvious establishment now, Jesse, to keep people in a long state of suffering, like centuries of suffering. So people are just sort of living in this, like the frog boiling in the pot very slowly, right? <laughs> that's what they want to do. Um, and that's why people like Kennedy and all these people serve. They don't want you to settle it once and for good. They want you to slowly boil yourself to death. And that's what's happening. That's why the U.S. life expectancy is going like this. We're slowly boiling people. So the issue is, do you want to be slowly boiled? You know, it's the famous slogan, it's mejor morir a, a, a pie que continua viviendo salas rodillas, which means it's better to uh, die fighting on your feet than to continue begging on your knees. So that's a question. It's a, it's a very human question. It's not about violence versus Nonviolence is not the it's it's that's like denigrating this larger issue. The issue is do you want to be boiled like the the frog very slowly and die, or do you want to have a fighting chance? Do you think that they not want and not have planned and don't have all the technology in place to, you know, and they want to for people to revolt in order for them to be justified in the martial law? We already have martial law. We're living, in, we're living in a limited prison right now, you know, a, a minimum security prison. Gaza is a maximum security concentration prison in a concentration camp. Look, all of social media is now monitored, as I showed in my lawsuit, right? So that's number one is done. 
everything we're doing is being monitored and tracked, shadow banned. The second is they're going to impose carbon tax. And then the third will be centralized digital bank currencies. So once you have that triangle, it's over. And that's where they're moving forward. So they need a war to print money, and they're going to print so much money putting into deficit, then they're going to move into digital currencies. Here's a question from Jenna. She says, Dr. Shiva, where do federal forest lands mismanagement yes, become the a great question of the people to claim and steward for future prosperity? What will own land ownership look like? Yeah, first of all, I think there's a good example to be taken from the Sardinian people in Sardinia. You know, if you go back to ancient times, um, no one thought about owning land. It was like communal property, right? It was all of our land. You used it and then it went back to the community. Sardinia is one of the few countries where all the people, 90% of the land is owned collectively by all the people. Sardinia is uh, an island, it's part of Italy, right? In 2007, I believe the Italian government tried to seize all this communal land and try to say it should be national parks. Like Sardinian people fought and they won. Um, and if you look at their coastline, it's so beautifully maintained. So if you're a shepherd, you can start saying, oh, this 50 acres is mine. You can start, it becomes your land for that period. And then when you die, it goes back to the community. So you can, so if you want to have an orchard, right, uh, for olives, you can do that. But no one owns the land. It is a land you're using, and then you can profit from it, but then it goes back to people. So all of this land should be communal land, you know? It's, it should not be owned by the government. So we live in a police state right now. What about communitarianism? Uh, do you know about that when they say that... Uh... Um, it's the mix between capitalism and communism. They want to make it all fluffy called communitarianism where, you know, the rich can stay rich while the poor stay poor, but the needs of the many, you know, outweigh the individual sovereign rights because the needs of the many is the capitalists. They're the ones who control the needs of the many. So it's like a fancy way of, you know, of getting us, you're getting the people to buy into communism, but in a capitalistic model, you know, so that way. Yeah, they look, yeah, I think, Jesse, we should have a longer discussion of communism, socialism, capitalism. But to put it simply, um, all of these systems uh, go through different stages of evolution, right? Capitalism started at a stage where it was truly a market-based capitalism. It's evolved now to imperialism. We don't have really, you know, free market capitalism. We don't have it. It's been made into state capitalism. It's fascism right now. Um, and in that context, we should talk about communism, but lowercase c, you know, not capital C. There's a difference between lowercase c and capital C. The Native Americans, the Dravidians, the Mongolians uh, at one time practiced lowercase c communism. They couldn't fathom the owning of air and land, right? Like water, right? That's lowercase c. Um, so we should have a longer discussion about it because it's probably one of the most central discussions that needs to be had because one wing of the establishment has scared people um, using anti-capital C communist rhetoric so we don't build a movement. And the other wing of the establishment claims that they're quote-unquote socialists, right? Which has nothing to do with helping working people. So both wings of the establishment have hijacked the term socialism, 
communism, um, to make sure the goal is to make sure people don't build bottoms up movements. Awesome. Right, well, let's, let's, let's set that up. We'll, we'll talk again. Yeah, this let's was do that. Great. I think we, we should have, have a discussion on communism, socialism, Marxism, capitalism. Awesome. What and are, communitarianism. What, what communitarianism. Yeah, that. That's their, that's their new model. So let's, I'll let's set it up with, yeah, I'll set it up uh, with your people there. Um, we've got about 150 people watching live here. I'm not sure on your five platforms how many people are watching, but uh, you know, it's great that we've got a lot more people that are you know interested in talking about this stuff. And thank you so much. This was our interview 595. So lots of fives with you. Is that like what are your your magic numbers? Because last time you were 555, now you're yeah. 595. I, I think five is one of your 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 lucky numbers. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm asking John how many people are. Jesse, if we, before we end, let's just play our Shiva for President video. Again, I don't have a bumper sticker here, but everyone go get a bumper sticker, download that flyer, go to Truth, Freedom, Health. So if you go to Shiva numeral four president, yeah, so we have about 400 people on our side. To everyone listening, so we're close to 550 people, Jesse, if you go to Shiva for president.com, everyone listen very carefully. Um, um, not Shiva the, not numeral, no, no, numeral four. Oh for Shiva numeral four president.com. So everyone listening, recognize that it is us versus them, but you have to get clear who the us is. The us is working people. The people actually work for a living. The them is these people um, who have no regard for human life. They have no regard for working people. In fact, they don't even fucking work. Zionists do not work. The people on Wall Street are just moving around capital. One day they move capital from here to here and they make a trillion dollars. Literally, they're traders, okay? And then they print money. So this entire monetary financial system is what is the operating system of the swarm. And you have to really understand that they don't do anything of value for human beings, but they profit by starting wars and crises. So when they start a crisis, you get hopeless, you don't know what to do, so you give them their authority to print more money. And if you follow the money supply, it'll tell you everything about how the economy runs. He who controls the money controls you. So you control the money by uh, creating crises. And that's what we're witnessing right now. This crisis in Gaza was created by the Zionists. The Zionist Israel created Hamas. Netanyahu was going to be thrown out. There was a civil war brewing in Israel to throw him out. So this is great. He wants to sustain power. The Zionists want him to be in power. So they butcher Palestinians. They take advantage of the Jewish people anti-Zionists in Israel. But if you go right here, Jesse, and you scroll down a little bit, we want to end with playing this video right there, Jesse. You can play that. And um, who would have ever thought I'd be running for president? Come back and say goodbye. You can make it a little bit bigger, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our campaign video, and I hope it inspires all of you to go to Sheep for President, volunteer. We need to get on the ballot. Get your bumper stickers. Download the flyer and hand it out. Notice I haven't even asked for $1, Jesse. If you do want to donate, know that when you donate to us, we actually give you books. We give you knowledge. We give you access to understand how to um, end this nonsense. Good, Jesse. Thanks.
Play and the, the best and the best way you can donate to Dr. Shiva is go buy some bumper stickers, go buy some shirts, go buy some merchandise. So now you're actually purchasing something and that's showing your support and donations without just having to ask you directly for money or just give him money. You're actually getting something, not only getting something in the big picture, but you get something directly. So it's not just like a, you know, asking for money donation. Yep. So let's, this is our campaign video. Thanks, Jesse. If we can play this as we sign off. Okay. You're going to hit the play button? Hang on. On the bottom left is the play button. You see that? There you go. Okay. There we go. Of the United States yeah. of America. I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are Blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment across left and right. We were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities, and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption, and racism. They transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out, one set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage and putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remain silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, and health, independent of all of them. Every day, millions are learning the science of systems. The knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, 
to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for president of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people for the working people who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. Okay, so uh, Dr. Shiva had to go. Um, thank you, everybody. Thanks to Dr. Shiva for doing what he's doing.